The city named a second site this week as a potential location for a so-called winterized base camp to house the growing number of new arrivals. Negotiations are stalled over paid leave in Cook County, and city council may soon vote on Mayor Brandon Johnson's proposed real estate transfer tax. So joining us now to break down all those stories is WBEZ city government and politics reporter Tessa Weinberg. Good to see you again, Tessa. Thanks for having me again. So it was snowing this morning, Mm -hmm. right? It was a snowy commute for us coming in here to the studios. Now, the city announced this week that it will be providing CTA buses as warming stations outside of some police stations since the so-called winterized base camps aren't up and running yet. So what is the mayor's office saying about this strategy and and how soon might we see these base camps online? Because as I mentioned, time's running out. Yeah, you know, winter is here and it's, you know, still been kind of TBD on those base camps. Um, You know, the city's deputy mayor for immigrant, uh, migrant and refugee rights um, was at a city club uh, speech panel yesterday that actually our colleague Kristen Schorsch was moderating and Kristen kind of pressed her on, you know, are we talking weeks? Are we talking months? Like, when can we see these? And um, the deputy mayor mayor said, you know, ideally in the next month. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we've been seeing um, the city, you know, turn to things also like warming buses. They say they're still looking for you know more permanent shelter sites and just kind of contingency plans if they can't get these base camps up you know sooner rather than later um, and they she acknowledged you know it's taking longer than expected to you know assess the land for some of these sites and also just like working with alder persons and getting community engagement um, and that's been just kind of this drawn out process yeah I mean in the next month I'm looking at temperatures this morning that were mm-hmm. around 28 degrees so yeah the, the clock is ticking for sure uh, on this program, we have talked about a potential base camp in Brighton Park specifically, mm-hmm. right? If, if the site passes environmental review. We heard this week, though, about another potential site for a base camp. This one's in Morgan Park. Mm-hmm. What do we know about that so far? Yeah, so um, yesterday, actually, a Chicago City Council committee, they approved um, the purchase of the sale. Albertsons um, is essentially kind of donating six and a half acres in Morgan Park that includes a vacant Jewel Osco grocery store to the city. And the city, um, you know, says that in, in the immediate future, it plans to develop a shelter there for migrants. We haven't heard a lot of details on, you know, what that would look like. You know, it's a lot of like vacant parking lot space, also the building itself, unclear if, you know, it'd be a mix of both, how that's going to get used. Um, But community members had previously expressed, you know, opposition to the site being used as a a shelter for migrants. And the land is actually, you know, being eyed for redevelopment um, into, you know, retail and housing and kind of mixed use space. Um, It's supposed to be called Morgan Park Commons. And the Development Corporation's president, you know, recently said they're still, you know, on track to break ground next year. But the local alder person there, alder person Ronnie Mosley, you know, he says he wants a commitment from the city that, yeah. you know, that is still going to happen. He wants, you know, a shelter for local residents, wants, you know, commitments to other capital projects and that he's disappointed, you know, that this is moving forward. Yeah. Let's hear from 21st Ward Alderman Ronnie Mosley himself. We deserve to hear directly from the mayor's office about what this plan is for the site how will residents be kept safe? How will our infrastructure be able to carry this burden? So we, we've heard this before. Alderwoman Julia Ramirez shared similar concerns about a lack of information about this potential base camp that's being stood up in her ward in, in Brighton Park. The alders seem to be getting surprised by 
the city's plan. So what's going on here? Are they just not getting in a say in what goes on in their wards when it comes to housing these uh, migrants? Yeah, I think it kind of differs from, you know, what we typically see of that long-held tradition of aldermanic prerogative, you know, where aldermen get a say of development in their wards where that doesn't seem to really have applied in this situation. You know, the mayor's administration has said when a site is identified, someone from their team is reaching out to the local alder person, letting them know that site's under consideration, giving them updates. But I think ultimately the mayor's office and, you know, the city wants to try to move really quickly on these. And, um, you know, allies of the mayor have previously said they're going to try to, you know, try to go through routes that don't require a city council votes and approval so mm-hmm. they can, you know, really move nimbly and fast. And I think we're just also seeing all across the city, you know, lots of pushback to, you know, having these sites and communities. And I think that's also puts older persons in a tough place of knowing the city doesn't have very many options, but also being torn in another direction yeah. if their residents are being very vocal against it. And when we talk about Morgan Park and Brighton Park, we're not talking about one or the other uh, location, right? We're both of these sites could be used as winterized base camps. Yeah, I think we're still waiting for, you know, even more details on what the Morgan Park one would look like. But yes, the city is looking at, you know, I think multiple sites to have these base camps. Do we know how many? Uh, I have not seen a, a number about how many. I do know, you know, mayor's administration, they asked all older persons to be, you know, looking for locations, volunteering them. And um, I would imagine the city would Like if you see a spot in your ward, let yeah. us know. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I imagine the city, you know, with the pace of buses we've had would maybe need several of these. Um, I don't know if one would be enough um, or just even if, you know how long some of these will be you know in place for how temporary they'll be so i think all that you know remains to be seen you've reported tessa on the way that these shelters are going to be staffed a lot of people were surprised last week when the city renewed a contract with favorite healthcare staffing so what's the city saying mm-hmm. yeah the city really adamantly defended that move they um you know signed a, a contract extension for you know tens of millions of dollars in place through next year and they said it would be, you know, irresponsible for them not to have this contract in place, to have the staffing company as a backup. Um, you know, the Johnson administration has been really critical of that contract, saying it was something they inherited from his predecessor, former Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and that they've worked to renegotiate those prices, to bring those hourly rates down, mm-hmm. that they want to hire locally. But they said that when they recently um, issued a request for proposals for local Chicago, you know, firms and agencies to staff shelters that, you know, four of the shelter sites didn't get any bids, no interest at all. Um, and that since that RFP, they've opened more shelters um, so that they they need to have, you yeah. know, these, the staffing company to rely on is how they've really framed it. Yeah. OK, well, I want to switch gears now. The, the real estate transfer tax is one way that the administration plans to fund homelessness services and, and prevention. It's making its way through city council this week. Fill mm-hmm. us in. Yeah. So um, later this afternoon, a city council committee is slated to vote on the resolution. And it would basically ask voters, you know, whether they want to increase a tax on the sale of, um, you know, properties that are valued over one million dollars. That money would go towards uh, homelessness prevention. Um, but there would also be a portion that voters would also be asked to if they want to um, give uh, a tax cut to the sale of properties under one million dollars. And they're you know, for the properties over one million, it's kind of a graduated mm-hmm. increase. Um, and so this is, you know, a, a key priority of Chicago 
Mayor Brandon Johnson. He campaigned on getting this tax passed, um, but it's already faced you know, pretty significant opposition from the real estate industry. And if passed out of committee today, it would still need to get approved by the full city council. And then, um, you know, those steps would have to happen before it could go then on the March primary ballot where voters then would actually get to to vote on this and say, yes or no, do we want this? It's a, a referendum. Is that what they're calling yes, it? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's basically yeah, a referendum. So uh, voters, you know, on their primary ballot, they would have this question that lays out um, you know, do you want to, you know, you know, should the city of Chicago implement this? And it'll give specifics on the different uh, tax tiers and they'll basically check a box and say yes or no. And then, uh, you know, if Chicago voters were to authorize this, it would then go back to city council. And now city council have the authority to implement this tax cut. And this is all kind of governed by state law, which is why they have to do it this way and do the referendum and all that. Yeah. And some people are dubbing this the mansion tax mm-hmm. uh, for, for obvious reasons, but it does apply to more than single dwelling homes. Right. Right. Yeah. So who is this tax going to impact the most here? Yeah. So it would apply to, you know, all property sales. Um, Although older persons have said they, you know, intend to try to exempt, you know, affordable housing developments from this. Um, But the, you know, the tax cut for property sales under $1 million, uh, proponents have said that'll be, you know, more than 90% of all property sales. So it's really you know, kind of just those pricier sales that are over a million. Um, for the property sales under one million, they're going to see a tax uh, decrease, and it's actually a 20% decrease from the current rate. And so you'd be paying $3 for about every 500 of the transfer price. And then between one to one and a half million, um, you're, the tax rate's increasing by more more than two and a half times. And then for over one and a half million, they're seeing the highest tax increase mm. and the rate is going to be uh, increasing four times. So yesterday on the program, we heard from several groups who are, are working on the ground here in the Chicago area, providing services to the unhoused population as well as migrants. They were critical of the city for, for not having resources already in place that new arrivals could tap into. What exactly, so we're clear, would money from this tax pay for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a, you know supposed to be in a dedicated you know stream to basically prevent homelessness, and so some of that might look like um, long-term kind of uh, permanent affordable housing. Uh, maybe wraparound services for folks like mental health treatment. Um, you know, the exact specifics will be have yet to be determined. Okay. And some of that will be decided, but broadly to yeah to ensure that um, you know the city has more funding going toward preventing homelessness. If you're just joining, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that is our colleague Tessa Weinberg, WBEZ city government and politics reporter, giving us our weekly update on all things city hall. All right, let's go to paid leave, Tessa. We we thought that. We might see a council vote this week to expand paid leave in the city. So is that going to happen? So it remains to be seen. So uh, the Workforce Development Committee was slated to vote on it yesterday. And then they, you know, basically recessed without a vote and basically delayed it over concerns from, you know, fierce pushback from the business community, but also concerns from the Black Caucus and several older persons there said, hey, we weren't part of the negotiations and that we need more time to really flesh this out. Um, you know, older person Stephanie Coleman, she said she's heard concerns from small business owners who uh, are worried about being able to, you know, be able to pay out uh, workers for their unused days off. Mm-hmm. Older person Anthony Beale said he just doesn't think the city needs to be, you know, increasing the number of, of days off right now. Um, and so we'll see where it goes. The the committee's supposed to meet again Thursday to, to consider this. So it's definitely, you know, hit a roadblock. Why does Mayor Johnson want to see it passed? Well, yeah, so I think this has been a key plank in, you know, his agenda of supporting workers. Um, This would really put 
uh, Chicago kind of ahead of its peers when it comes to how much pay time off workers are getting. Mm-hmm. Um, the top level kind of highlights of the version introduced yesterday would provide uh, 12 days of pay time off. Six of those would be six sick days. And the other six would be, you know, days you could use for any reason. Mm-hmm. And that would be, you know, more than workers in cities like Los Angeles and New York are mandated to get. Um, and it would also ensure the ordinance had a provision that ensures that workers could get paid out for some of those unused days. So if they're, you know, are, are leaving a company that that way they can get paid for the days they didn't use, which had become a big sticking point during negotiations. And the, yeah, there's been a lot of back and forth mm-hmm. about this. Right. So you've got two sides essentially, right? Labor and business groups accusing each other of, of walking away from the negotiating mm-hmm. table. What are the two perspectives, essentially? Yeah. So the, the business community, they really said, you know, businesses have already, you know, are going to already be subject to these in these new regulations of eliminating the subminimum wage. They're facing things like inflation and that, uh, you know, that they felt this is just going to be implemented too quickly. It would go into effect basically the end of this year, start of next year. And they said, you know, that's too fast for especially small business owners who don't have things like an HR department to, you know, comply with this and learn the ropes of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas labor advocates have said, you know, we've come to the table. We've already reduced, you know, the number of days. The original proposal was 15 um, and that they want to ensure that, you know, workers, you know, have those protections like getting paid out for any unused days. Otherwise, they argue, you know, that's not those are not guaranteed if employers, you know, rejecting employees requests and then they can't get paid out for those if they don't get used. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned within there that uh, that viewpoint that expanding paid leave will make it too costly for for small businesses and and nonprofits to operate here. I mean, is is the fear that some businesses um, would leave the city, is that a valid concern? Some older persons who are kind of on the border of the city, they raised that as a concern. And some small business owners did testify yesterday saying, you know, they already have just bare bones staff, that this is really going to burden them. And they cited concerns of closure. We also heard from workers, though. For example, there was a, a flight attendant who said um, her late husband, when he had a chronic illness, it really forced her to have to choose between work or caring for her husband. And she's like, no worker should have to choose that. But also the yeah. time she had with her husband, she said, was you know irreplaceable. And that's why workers need you know uh, options like this. So when are we going to see some movement on this? Yeah, so the committee will meet again Thursday. Alderpersons you know, seemed very confident that a vote is going to take place. Um, so we'll see if that happens. And this will definitely, though, kind of delay uh, you know, ultimate passage of this if it gets that far. If it had been passed yesterday, it could have potentially been voted on uh, tomorrow at city council. So this definitely, you know, gives, I think, older persons a little bit more time to, to negotiate and uh, work things out. As if your plate is not full already, what else are you watching over the course of the next week? Yeah, well, so tomorrow uh, city council is happening. And so uh, we'll see, you know, things like the, uh, you know, approval of uh, land for the the base camp in Morgan Park potentially get voted on, uh, bring Chicago home potentially get voted on. Um, so those will be some of the things I'll be keeping an eye out for to see how those move forward. Tessa Weinberg's a city government and politics reporter for WBEZ. Thank you so much for keeping us up to date. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.